0: Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Brian Hux.
1: Hey, welcome to a very special episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. It is just me, Bark, uh, due to the ongoing issue that's plaguing the nation, we were not able to get together and do a show for you the way we like to do it with three, three hosts. Me, Arms, Hucks. For safety precautions, we have. Avoided that at this time. So I'm going to bring you a very special, quick-hitting episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. And I'm going to just basically go through some of the free agent signings and what it means for fantasy purposes, at least in my opinion. So without further ado, let's just dive right in to the quarterbacks. Tom Brady, we all know, signed a two-year... 50 I thought it, it, the initial report was $60 million. Over two years, looks like it's actually more like $50 million with incentives. And while this seems to be a good thing for Tampa Bay's ticket sales, uh, the allure of free agents signing with Tampa Bay, I don't love this for Mike Evans. I don't love this for uh, Chris Godwin. I, I don't think it's necessarily a massive, massive downgrade. At the end of the day, talent typically... Rules all, but they are a little scarier. Uh, OJ Howard definitely gets a bump if they bring in a running back like Deion Lewis. All of a sudden, he has value in kind of a James White like role with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. So, but for Tom, uh, this definitely is a boost to his fantasy value. Although, short term, dynasty leagues, I would not be running to pick him up, but if you already own him. And couldn't get any value out of him anyways. It might be safe to just hold on there. And see if he can put up one last big season with the weapons he's got in Tampa Bay. Next on the list we have Teddy Bridgewater. Signed a three-year, $63 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. This is, in my opinion, an upgrade uh, for fantasy players in Carolina. At least at the tight end and wide receiver position. I do think that DJ Moore... Really came on last year, but he's got a guy that's a lot safer with the ball than Kyle Allen now. And without Cam Newton being the starting quarterback in Carolina, I I think you're going to see a lot less runs. Teddy Bridgewater, not a running quarterback. So I think this is going to be a good thing for those Carolina receivers. I would bump them all up just a little bit. Even though Bridgewater doesn't have a big arm, I still think this provides more value to those wide receivers in the end. As far as Teddy Bridgewater, I think as a number two. If you want to have Teddy Bridgewater as your number two quarterback in Dynasty Leagues, you could do a lot worse. And after all, you can only start one unless it's a super flex league. So, Teddy is my backup. I'm feeling completely comfortable there. Marcus Mariota, uh, another free agent signing, signed an undisclosed deal with the Las Vegas Raiders, at least undisclosed to my knowledge. I think this is a good landing spot for Mariota. Mariota is the kind of quarterback that John Gruden would like to get behind, in my opinion. So I see this as a very Ryan Tannehill-like situation in Las Vegas. Derek Carr likely will be on a short leash. So Marcus Mariota, again, I don't think there's a sell-high opportunity because he's not the starter quite yet. But I, But I do believe if you already have him on your team, again, sort of like Bridgewater, If he's your number two or number three, you kind of hold and see if he pays dividends. I did this with Ryan Tannehill last year in a handful of leagues, and it really paid off for me. Let's also talk about Nick Foles, not exactly a free agent signing, but Nick Foles traded to the Bears. I think this is a good situation for Bears skill position players. While I don't think that Mitch Trubisky, I don't think we can label him a bust right away. I do think this is going to hurt his development for sure. If he doesn't get dealt, then this is definitely a detriment to his fantasy value 100%. Now, like I've already repeated a couple times, Nick Foles, a fine number two in Dynasty Leagues. I would not want to rely on him as my starter in an offense that I still feel like is going to run the ball quite a bit. Wouldn't be surprised to see them draft a running back to do a one-two punch with David Montgomery. So I look for the Bears to, to still play Bears-style football. Nick Foles is not going to come in and turn this into a Tampa Bay situation by any means. Moving on to running back signings, you got Melvin Gordon just signed a two-year deal with Denver, which was surprising to a lot in the league. But if you paid attention to some of the new snippets coming out over the past couple weeks, Denver was definitely open to finding a running back and I and I kind of read the writing on the wall as to them wanting to find a do-it- all guy rather than trying to run with Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay the, the back and forth the slight inconsistency like both of those guys are good running backs, but Melvin Gordon can do everything. he can catch the ball he can run the ball, he can pass block. So I, I do believe Melvin Gordon's value, in my opinion at least, stays the same. If you think about it, with the Chargers, he had Austin Eagler to contend with for touches in the backfield. Now it's probably going to be Philip Lindsey that he has to contend with. I don't think Royce Freeman is going to be there. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for Royce Freeman to be there. Royce Freeman is only a couple years younger than Gordon. And while it doesn't make a lot of sense to trade him because he is still on his rookie deal, If you're not going to be playing him that much, you may as well see if you can get a fifth round pick out of Royce Freeman, which I do believe they can get a fifth round pick out of Royce Freeman. So I do look for that to happen sometime in the near future or on draft day, even though this is a loaded running back class, there's going to to be a team that coveted Royce Freeman in his draft that will gladly give up a fifth or sixth round pick to land Royce Freeman. And I think Royce Freeman in the right situation could be an absolutely excellent signing. I don't think he got the chance because of Philip Lindsay to really show what he could do. I see him as one of those guys that gets stronger as the game goes on, that is going to get better with more carries. He's a volume back. He's not a change of pace guy. So if somebody could bring him in, turn him into a volume back, I think that would work out really well. I think the Rams, like I know they brought in Daryl Henderson And he's probably going to be pretty good if they roll with him. I'm just not sure if that'll be the case. I keep wanting to connect Dots to the the Rams. They don't have a lot of money. Royce Freeman's not owed a lot of money. So that, that could be something that they might want to look at if they want to get a committee situation going on down there. Uh, Moving on, Todd Gurley, who was released from the Rams. Nice segue. Thanks, Bark. You're welcome, Bark. Signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons coming back home to Georgia. Listen, this is solely a committee signing. They're not going to sign Todd Gurley and make him the bell cow. It's just not happening. They're probably going to draft a guy or rely on one of their other backs to be part of a committee. If I had to guess, I'd say they're going to draft a guy. I mean, yeah, they paid Todd Gurley a little bit of money. But you draft a guy, again, it's not costing you much. So they're, he's probably out of their range draft-wise, but DeAndre Swift just makes a lot of sense. Two Georgia guys in the backfield would be uh, exciting for the fans, would be exciting for their run game. They pretty much have everything else set on offense except for a little bit of the line issue. But Todd Gurley, guy like DeAndre Swift, that that could that could make fans come to the game's if fans are going to be allowed to come to games. So Todd Gurley, I would probably put the same value on him as he had in 2019. Not an upgrade. Definitely not a downgrade, in my opinion. I I think that Atlanta, if he checks out medically, maybe they do give him more carries than the Rams did. But I, I would not count on that. I would just consider Todd Gurley a running back two, maybe. Like two upside, three two, three, definitely not a number one anymore, but I'm not upset if I have Todd Gurley on my dynasty teams. Then we come to Jordan Howard. Uh, My Miami Dolphins, I kind of expected to make a run at Melvin Gordon. I thought they might try to sign Todd Gurley after he was released. I thought they might go after Derrick Henry. I thought they might shoot high for a running back, but They've got a lot of picks. They can easily draft one. And I think they did the right thing here. They went with Jordan Howard, still 25 years old. He signed a two-year, $10 million deal, I believe, with Miami. And this Jordan Howard's still a solid running back. He's better than anything that we had last year after the Kenyon Drake uh, deal went down. So Jordan Howard, a great part of a committee. I totally look for them. If they don't, accomplish a big trade-up to go get Burrow. I do believe that 26th pick they own in the first round is going to be on a running back like J.K. Dobbins. Actually, I'm going to say it will be J.K. Dobbins if he's there. So J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Howard in the backfield if they don't trade those picks. And that's all of a sudden Miami is looking pretty solid. I know I'm a little biased, but that this is a big upgrade for them already. Jordan Howard, this is a guy they were linked to a couple years ago. They were looking at trading for him. A couple years down the road, they don't have to trade for him. They can just sign him on a very friendly deal. As far as fantasy implications go, Jordan Howard to me is strictly an RB three. I wouldn't count on him to be your one or your two. He is definitely a bi week and injury replacement option at the running back position. So Jordan Howard, while I like the signing for Miami, for fantasy purposes, I look at him about the same way as I saw him in Philadelphia, although with a little bit more upside in Miami for sure, especially if they continue to build the line, which they worked hard on in free agency, he could succeed what he did last year in Philly very easily, but I wouldn't count on it. On to wide receiver, Amari Cooper, arguably the top guy in the market, re-signed five years, $100 million deal with Dallas. Obviously, his value stays about the same. Robbie Anderson, surprisingly still unsigned at 26 years old, a guy that can stretch the field. Apparently, teams are really being patient and waiting for prices to come down after that first wave of wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks went It's the waiting game now. How cheap can we get some of these guys? And we'll see. We'll see. Robbie Anderson, Bashard Perryman still out there. Emmanuel Sanders not still out there. This is one of my favorite signings of the free agency period as far as a team goes and fantasy value goes. We all know Michael Thomas in New Orleans is absolutely fantastic, but they have not had a number two in New Orleans for a minute, and Emmanuel Sanders projects as a really solid Wide receiver three in dynasty leagues now, going to New Orleans, playing with Drew Brees, being that guy that can get open. I mean, Michael Thomas is a possession guy, a get open guy. Emmanuel Sanders is a get open guy. So Drew Brees has another guy to work with. I see big things for Emmanuel Sanders if he can stay healthy. I think he's a very, very solid wide receiver three that you can probably get on the cheap just due to his age in dynasty leagues. Now here's another intriguing signing that happened. Randall Cobb signed a three-year deal with the Houston Texans. On the outside, this does not look like anything special, but considering that they just traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals, Randall Cobb looks like a very solid PPR option at the moment. We both, we both, there is no both. We all know, I don't have a co-host with me, we all know that Will Fuller will get injured. Kenny Stills, not really a PPR kind of guy. So Randall Cobb currently set up to have a surprisingly good season. This is a guy that I'd be very comfortable with as a wide receiver five, having on my bench for bye weeks, especially in a offense with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, the Texans are going to draft a wide receiver. It is a given in the first two rounds they're going to draft a wide receiver. They would be crazy not to but that does not mean that that rookie wide receiver is going to step right up and be a fantasy producer. So Randall Cobb, that's a guy I'm looking to acquire if I'm thin at wide receiver. One of my strategies, if, if you've only got one or two good wide receivers, you have to have multiple guys on your roster that could emerge as a wide receiver three. So guys like Randall Cobb, Manuel Sanders, Brashard Perryman, if you can't afford to go grab a top guy, get you some nice depth with potential to be more than a wide receiver four or five. Now, another sneaky pickup that would be next to nothing cost-wise is Demir Bird. Signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. I know Tom Brady's not there anymore, but that style of offense is unlikely to change. So, Demir Bird, I really like him as a flyer guy. Somebody you can pick up and leave on your dynasty roster until final cuts are made, and by then you'll know through training camp if Demir Bird, who has looked pretty good at times in Arizona, only 27 years old, this could be a low-key signing that could provide some fruitful benefits down the road. Currently I would only put him in the status of like a wide receiver six if you can roster that many wide receivers, but most dynasty leagues do allow you to hold on to some players until The season gets closer and approaches, and then you start making your cuts. Demir Bird's simply a guy that I am okay keeping an eye on to see what happens. Now, ironically, the position with the most guys to talk about at the moment is tight end. And I'm, I'm strictly, mostly talking about free agent acquisitions. I'm not going to discuss all trades. I'll wait to get to that with the guys on the show. But Austin Hooper, four-year, $42 million deal with Cleveland. I would reserve my excitement on this one. I think it's a great signing for the Cleveland Browns. But as far as dynasty owners go, Austin Hooper, to me, this is a severe downgrade. Atlanta is very, very good at spreading the ball around. Cleveland is working on the offensive line, which will go a long ways to provide some stability for that team. But until... Odell Beckham gets traded. If that is true, Austin Hooper is still a tight end one to me, but he's not a top tier tight end one. He's more 15 to 25 range in my opinion, as opposed to a top 15 option. So I would not be trying to acquire Austin Hooper. If you can sell high on Austin Hooper, I think that's a good idea. There really was no tight end in Cleveland that has provided results with Baker Mayfield on a consistent basis, And while I think Hooper's going to outperform those tight ends, I don't think it's going to be a very good option for your fantasy team. Now, a guy that I do think could be a good option for your fantasy team is Eric Ebron, who, if you've got him, hold on to him. If you don't, try to acquire him cheaply. Uh, Pittsburgh, the Steelers have Juju at wide receiver. They have Deontay Johnson, James Washington, but none of those guys are soaking up every single target. Pittsburgh has always done pretty well with tight ends, and they haven't had a tight end of this caliber in quite some time. Eric Ebron is a very talented tight end that just needs the right situation to put it together. Pittsburgh could be that situation. Now, that being said, he's not in tight end one territory for me yet I think we need to watch what happens in training camp and see if he becomes a player that is ascending on that team but right now he is a tight end two that being said he's one worth watching another guy worth keeping an eye on is Greg Olson signed a one-year seven million dollar deal with the Seattle Seahawks Greg Olson is even at 35 a guy that could be a tight end two on your dynasty teams I wouldn't get overly excited about Greg Olson. But as a depth guy, you could do a lot worse. Uh, Jimmy Graham signed a ludicrous two-year deal with the Chicago Bears. I have no idea what the hell they were thinking with this signing. I do not see him at 33 reascending in the league. He's probably still going to be tight end fodder. That being said, I do have slightly more faith with him in Chicago than I did Green Bay. Because as Arms and I have said many times on the uh, back row fantasy show, Green Bay and tight ends just historically don't mix that well. So Chicago taking another stab at tight end with Jimmy Graham. I don't like it. I I don't want him on any of my rosters, even as a tight end too. I just think there are low-key guys that are better than that. Hell, Jason Witten, the next guy on this list, even at 37 years old, signs a one-year head-scratching deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. No idea why. This makes no sense at all. Uh, Darren Waller's there. Jason Witten's there. But, hey, Jason Witten, to me, is still a better option than Jimmy Graham. But, again, not looking to add him to any of my teams, so to speak. All right, let's talk some IDP because I think that's what most people come to the show for is that IDP goodness uh, Eric Armstead re-signed with San Francisco. Never a big fantasy guy, so not a lot going on there. Shaq Barrett, franchise tagged. Uh, still, the value holds true there. I believe he's still going to finish with double-digit sacks, although probably not as much. So, value, not a big change. Dante Fowler. Finally, the lights came on a little bit last season, and he signed a three-year deal with Atlanta, uh, essentially replacing Vic Beasley. Dante Fowler is probably at this stage in their careers an upgrade there for Atlanta. I would be interested in adding him to my dynasty teams as my D-line 2 or D-E-2. Not sure how you got it set up. We just played D-lineman. So Dante Fowler, definitely a guy that I like. Uh, As far as compensation, I wouldn't give anything more than a fourth round pick in a draft like this for Dante Fowler, but I guarantee somebody that owns Dante Fowler is willing to give them up as a throw-in and a bigger deal. So that's a guy that I would be comfortable starting on my Dynasty League teams. Kyle Van Noy, he's an edge rusher. He's probably designated as linebacker. So fantasy purposes, not that excited about it, but I am excited about the team prospects with the Miami Dolphins for that one. Robert Quinn signed a five-year, head-scratching, $70 million deal with Chicago. Chicago is attempting to become the next Los Angeles Rams, strapping themselves cap-wise with older players that are over their peak and out of their prime, so I don't know what they're thinking on this one. This is not a dynasty acquisition, in my opinion. Robert Quinn would be fine as a D-lineman three but I'm not going to go out and overpay for him like Chicago did. Then we got Shaq Lawson, never a big fantasy performer, but he did sign a three-year, $30 million deal with the Miami Dolphins. We'll probably get slotted in to start right away. I'm not looking at him for fantasy purposes. Taco Charlton was okay last year for Miami, but not exactly a fantasy producer the whole time he was there. This is just an underwhelming guy to have on my dynasty team. It's a better football move than a fantasy football move. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul re-signed two-year, $25 million deal with Tampa Bay. His value holds the same for me. I'm not excited, but he's still a D-lineman too, in my opinion. Uh, then we've got Emmanuel Ogba signed a two-year, $15 million deal with Miami. Ogba, Shaq Lawson, the gap there is not huge, so neither one of those guys I would be on my dynasty teams if I could help it. Then as far as the interior defensive line positions go. Uh, Michael Brockers, an interesting signing. Three years, $30 million deals to Baltimore. Not a big-time fantasy guy. More of a run stuffer, so I'm not really looking at that. DJ Reader, kind of the same situation. Fantasy purposes, hands off. Uh, Jerron Reed, re-signed with Seattle. Fantasy purposes, Probably mostly hands-off there as well. Maybe a bi-week filler, guy you pick up off the waiver whenever you got a guy injured or have a guy out. So interior defensive line signings, not a lot to be excited about fantasy-wise. Chris Jones is fantasy-relevant, but he got franchise-tagged. Leonard Williams could maybe be fantasy-relevant if the light turns on, but again, franchise-tagged, hands-off for me. But more excitingly, uh, linebackers pretty good list here too. Corey Littleton signed a three-year $35 million deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, to me, his value stays mostly the same. He's going to play uh, outside linebacker there and outside linebackers generally do pretty well. To hear Whitehead was in Las Vegas last season and he was fantasy relevant for sure. So Littleton, I don't upgrade him. I don't downgrade him. I'm neutral on the landing spot. And I still think he performs fairly well. Joe Schobert signed a five-year, $53 million deal with Jacksonville. Again, this is the same same kind of situation for me. He was fantasy relevant with the Browns. He'll be fantasy relevant with the Jags. I don't see a big upgrade or downgrade, so value holds the same. Both of those guys are linebacker one slash twos. Then we got Blake Martinez, one of our uh, favorite linebackers on the back row fantasy show. He signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the New York Giants. And again, The value doesn't change. This is a tackle machine. He was a tackle machine for Green Bay. He's going to play the same position with the Giants. Uh, The Giants haven't had anybody very good in the middle for a while, but even the guys that aren't great produce. They just don't have a consistent guy that is there all 16 games every year. Now they do. Blake Martinez, still 100-plus tackle guy. Value stays the same for me. Now finally on to a guy whose value does move up rather than stay neutral. Nick Quitkowski. You guys know we love him. Me and Arms. Arms has got to be excited about Quitkowski and Corey Littleton joining that Las Vegas Raiders squad. They are building, they are building a defense in Las Vegas. Do not be surprised when this team has one of the better defenses in the league within the next year to two years. Nick Kwiatkowski, low key. Super signing, three years, $21 million deal. This kid can play. He seriously can play. This is a big upgrade for Nick Quitkowski. He's going to start inside, racking up tackles and doing what Nick Quitkowski does best. This is a huge upgrade for him. To me, he's an instant linebacker three, whereas before he was a fringe waiver guy. We've always believed in him, but now he gets his chance in Las Vegas where we've seen guys just like him come in in years past and produce at a high level. I love Nick Kwiatkowski. Go grab him before the price gets too high. Jamie Collins signed a three-year, $30 million deal with Detroit. I don't like this. I think Jamie Collins on the Patriots is the best Jamie Collins you could possibly ask for. So him being in Detroit, which to me can be a bit of a linebacker purgatory, not loving this landing spot for Jamie Collins. He is an instant sell for me. If you can sell him, even if it's for a low pick, just do it. Move on from Jamie Collins, Christian Kirksey, two year, $13 million deal with green Bay. He instantly slots in as the Blake Martinez replacement. And if Christian Kirksey can stay healthy, this is an upgrade for him in my opinion. So Kirksey, if you can buy him, take the chance. Don't give up a whole lot, but try to acquire Christian Kirksey where you can because you could have a linebacker 2-3 on your hands from the get-go. Danny Trevithan re-signs with Chicago. I really thought maybe they'd keep Quitkowski and let Trevithan go. That ended up not being the case, which kind of blows my mind. They're both good linebackers, but Kwiatkowski's younger and has generally been healthier than Danny Trevithan. So a bit of a head-scratcher, but Trevithan is still firmly a linebacker 3 for me. Another intriguing landing spot was Devondre Campbell signed a one-year deal with Arizona. Not sure why this was a one-year deal. Devondre Campbell is a very versatile linebacker that played really well when needed for Atlanta. I think this is great for Arizona. They've been wanting to find an upgrade to Hassan Reddick, who has underperformed, and Devondre Campbell is that upgrade. But as far as fantasy value, I think it takes a little bit of a hit. He performed really well in Atlanta, but I'm just not sure about him racking up tackles in Arizona they've got uh, Jordan Hicks there in the middle that racks up a lot of tackles I'm not sure if if this team is going to provide the tackle opportunities for Devondre Campbell especially with DeAndre Hopkins coming over that may be a weird transition But this offense is going to be on the field a lot, and I don't see a lot of teams running the ball down Arizona's throat because Arizona is ascending. This is going to be a really good offense, and I don't think the defense is going to be on the field nearly as much as what the Atlanta defense was last year. So Devondre Campbell, I think it's a downgrade. I still think he has linebacker three value, but I'd probably put it more at linebacker four for 2020 until we see a couple games out of Devondre Campbell with his new team. Moving on, Thomas Davis, always uh, somewhat fantasy relevant. He signed an undisclosed deal with Washington. Listen, if you can get him for a football dollar, by all means, If you have a weak linebacker core, go grab Thomas Davis for that football dollar. Sean Lee re-signs one year, $4.5 million deal with Dallas. I see this as strictly a culture signing as Sean Lee has been a prototypical cowboy over his career. So fantasy purposes, not excited about that there. And that pretty much wraps it up for the linebackers. Going through the list of signings, I don't see anything that sticks out. Uh, defensive backs. We'll move on to those guys. Cornerbacks hate talking about them, but Logan Ryan still hasn't been signed. He is a a fantasy star from last year because he made plays, not really a tackling machine, but he was a playmaker. The fact that he's unsigned tells me a lot about one, his age Two, what teams are looking for. Teams are looking for cover corners, Logan Ryan's not a cover corner. He's a playmaker. So somebody's going to get a great deal in him, but I don't know if that playmaking is going to transition from Tennessee over to wherever he signs, even if he re-signs with Tennessee. Last year I think was kind of fluky for Logan Ryan, which typically big fantasy years out of cornerbacks are fluky. So Byron Jones, the deal with Miami, James Bradbury, the deal with New York Giants, Chris Harris, the Chargers, I'm not looking at any of those guys for fantasy purposes because cornerbacks, like I said, hit and miss year to year. Not really a lot of consistent fantasy production there. So the rest of the guys on the list that that signed with teams over the past few days, just not excited about any of those. Now safety position, Jimmy Ward re-signed with San Francisco. He's an okay, not spectacular uh, Dynasty DB Devin McCourty re-upped with New England, still a DB three in my opinion. Malcolm Jenkins fringe DB three, uh, now going to New Orleans. That's a fairly decent landing spot to hold that DB three value. Ha Ha Clinton Dix signed an undisclosed deal with Dallas. I actually like this for Ha Clinton Dix. I think it's a slight upgrade, and I wouldn't doubt if Ha Clinton Dix put up DB three numbers this season. Uh, Some low-key value guys that I think landed in good spots. Carl Joseph signed with the Cleveland Browns. Carl Joseph is a guy that I've had high hopes for since he came out, and the light just started to come on last season before he got injured. This is a pretty good landing spot, I think, with Cleveland. I think he'll get the chance to play right away, and he could be a DB4 with DB3 upside. Trey Boston re-signed a three-year $18 million deal with Carolina. Somehow Trey Boston always produces fantasy numbers, so he's still a DB3 with another year in Carolina. He did just fine there last year. Adrian Phillips signed a two-year deal with New England. This is a guy that I wanted on Miami's team because he is a Swiss Army knife in the backfield. This guy can do a little bit of everything. He's underrated. New England is going to turn him into a fantasy stud in my opinion. Yeah, you heard me. Fantasy stud, Adrian Phillips. He's going to get playing time and he's going to put up statistics. So if you can acquire Adrian Phillips off the waiver wire or acquire him from a league owner on the cheap, I absolutely 100% think that you go for it. It's a low-key signing that can make your Dynasty League teams better. Sean Davis, another one of my favorites. He signed a one-year deal with Washington. This kid had a great rookie year and has done nothing but regress ever since. But a lot of that is due to injuries. Sean Davis probably going to start day one in Washington. I know they have uh, Monte Nicholson opposite Landon Collins. But once they see Sean Davis on the field, I don't think it's going to matter. Sean Davis is going to play. He'll produce as long as he can stay healthy. And that wraps it up. Anyone else that's been signed so far, I'm not really looking at in, in fantasy. As far as guys that are unsigned, Demarius Randall is still out there. Uh, Vaughn Bell is still out there. Those guys are fantasy relevant. Rashad Jones, I don't know if you want to look at him as fantasy relevant or not, but he is still out there as well. And continuing to move backwards, Nigel Bradham, Nick Vigil. Uh, Alec Ogletree, to hear Whitehead, these guys are still out there as well. Mark Barron, landing spots going to mean a lot for those guys. So we will simply wait and see where the rest of these guys land and do hopefully an episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show with all three of us really soon. But until then, we will do what we can. Please stay safe. Please try to take every precaution possible to keep yourself healthy and everyone around you. It's not just about us. You know, a guy like me, I when I get sick, I don't know I'm sick. I might have a stomach ache, and it turns out that I had the flu. So, I'm staying away from people not because I'm afraid I'll get sick, because I'm afraid other people will get sick. So, just keep that kind of uh, thinking and keep those thoughts in mind. Protect everyone, not just yourself. And thanks for listening. Sorry this was a quick, thrown together back row fantasy show, but we're gonna do what we can in these times. If you want to uh, find some other entertainment, Back Row Reacts, we react to music videos. We got a pretty good backlog of that on YouTube. If you enjoy what we do, uh, Obscure Mics, my microphone channel. If you're a podcaster, interested in microphones, interested in audio, and want to hear some oddball microphones, Obscure Mics on YouTube, another thing that we do, uh, mostly that I do, but you can go check that out. And don't forget about the Back Row Network. We are striving to put 32 new podcasts out there, one for every team in the NFL. Currently, we have the Back Row Browns show with Matthew Bruning of the FF Roundtable. He's hosting that one. We've got the Cowboys show, not quite yet launched, but it's getting there. The Eagles show, Backrow Eagles show, that's hosted by Michael Bauer of the Dynasty Rewind. The Back Row Giants show, hosted by our own Dan Rozier. The New York Jets show hosted by the guys over at Fantasy Fuel. And the Back Row Packers show by Aaron Yackel and friends coming from Fantasy Trenches. And then we've got the Back Row Patriots show hosted by our own Neil Crabtree. So those shows are up and running. There's more to come from those. And I almost forgot the Back Row Dolphins show, which is hosted by, um, who is that guy? Oh yeah, it's me. It's me. So if you need more content, it's out there. Go check out the Backrow Network. And by all means, if you want to do a podcast about your team, please hit us up on social media or email me, bark at backrowfantasyshow.com. We are looking to fill the rest of the teams out. Currently, it looks like the Arizona Cardinals are spoken for, the Detroit Lions are spoken for, and the Houston Texans look to be spoken for. So just waiting to get those up and running. So again, you want to do a podcast about your favorite team? Hit me up. Join the Back Row Network. Let's see what we can do together. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry that we weren't all three able to do a podcast this week. But in these crazy-ass times, we do what we can. Have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon.
0: This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show.
1: Thanks for listening,
0: and be sure to give us a review.